to the J. Kim Show, Hong Kong's first dedicated podcast on investing in Asia. Join us as we survey the land and discover the greatest companies and most profitable investment opportunities in Asia. If this is your first time listening, thank you for stopping by. This podcast is produced every week with the goal of providing actionable insights to you, the listener, with every single episode. And now, on to the show. I'm here in the lovely office of uh, Chris Fisher, who is the managing partner at Click Ventures. Chris, thanks for inviting me up here. Uh, Chris is a, a, a VC here based in Hong Kong. Uh, he works for Click Ventures, which is an early stage venture capital uh, that invests in technology startups around the world. Click Ventures was recently named top 10 Hong Kong early stage VC by the Hong Kong Economic Journal. So, Chris, welcome to the show. Hi, Jay. Yes, thank you very much. It's great to uh, do these podcasts in person, actually. And uh, being here in Hong Kong, uh, it's funny because we're all so busy and we all have different schedules. So uh, it's it's rare that we get a chance to actually do one in person. So uh, this is a nice, unique experience. And, and it's a lovely office you're in here, uh, right, right in the middle of town in Central. So how long have you been in these offices? Uh, this one for about a year. Uh, before this, I was about three blocks away on Hollywood Road. So similar location. Yeah, you have some interesting art in here, actually, uh, or collectibles, I guess. Is this from your travels around the region? Yeah, yeah. I was actually from different art shows and things around the world. Uh, I like to have uh, a comfortable environment. I do a lot of conference calls and things late at night, so it's good to be surrounded by by things I like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, okay, well, well, why don't we uh, get started? Um, maybe you could give us a little bit of background for uh, for those in the audience. I mean, uh, Click Ventures is is uh, is somewhat of a household name now in Hong Kong, uh, but uh, maybe you could give some of your personal background um, for the audience and uh, maybe tell us how you got into VC. Uh, my early background, I was in the corporate world uh, doing some direct investing and also I was a CIO IT guy for uh, a large uh, conglomerate in the US that we sold to a Hong Kong company and I spent about 10 years doing M&A for the Hong Kong company. Uh, on the side, I was doing some angel investing because I really enjoyed working with the earlier stage companies um, that I'd worked with early on. And so while I was working corporate, I was traveling around a lot, meeting a lot of interesting people around the world. I always kept an eye towards my angel investments. So around 2014, I started to see more and more interesting deals in Hong Kong and in Asia. So I found more and more opportunities to do more angel investing. Uh, and uh, so I gradually refocused towards full-time angel investing. Uh, then uh, one of the people I'd frequently angel invested with was Carmen Chan, who's the founder of Click Ventures. And uh, she was growing nicely and had a lot of really good deal flow. So I joined her about a year ago. Fantastic. So I just want to touch a little bit upon angel investing itself uh, before we jump into what you do uh, on a day-to-day -day basis now here at Click. But, um, you know, I think a lot of people start uh, get interested in angel investing, but few are actually successful. So, uh, you know, maybe I can, I can take a peek behind your brain and see how, how, um, you know, I, I myself personally started angel investing, um, maybe 10 years ago, uh, and quickly, quickly found out that, uh, uh, basically, the, the it's very expensive uh, <laughs> if you don't know what you're doing, and most people don't know what they're doing, or they don't have the network uh, in place yet uh, when they start off. You know, it's obviously 
uh, very glamorous to try to find the next Facebook or, or, or unicorn. Uh, and a lot of people fall prey to that uh, early on and, and end up spending uh, a lot of money or, or, or wasting rather. Uh, so how did you find your angel investing experience? How did you find success um, in sort of a process or a network that uh, you know, you built there. That's a very good point. It is an extremely expensive education. <laughs> uh, my, I started building my network. Actually, I've been building my network through my whole career. And I, I had some mentorship very early on in my career that explained to me that every, everyone you meet, you should be, you know, making connections and, and building out that network, um, understanding where people have strengths and being able to, to tap into those. Um, then I really built out my network in business school, I would have to say. So a lot of my initial angel investments were classmates uh, from, from business school. And fortunately, they were very successful early on. <laughs> so, I mean, right. it's, it's a lot. Really, I mean, the, the key to angel investment is, and the reason why it's, it can be so expensive is because lack of diversification. Diversification is everything. Most of these deals fail. So if you're only doing 10 or 20 deals, there's a good chance that most of them will fail, uh, if not all of them. If you do 100 deals, there's a good chance that at least one of them will succeed. So uh, I was very lucky early on that I had some really good entrepreneurs in my class. And, uh, you know, I, I could sense immediately that they would be successful. And so I did everything I could to support them and to, to, to invest in them, but also to try to provide them as much, uh, interactive support as they were building their businesses and things in the early days that then as they become successful, then they make other connections with other, uh, of their people, uh, that they're working with in their communities that, uh, will also introduce more deal flow from other successful, you know, people that they know. Right. Uh, it, it, it's almost like the, the, it's, I guess it's called the scout model in, in uh, Silicon yeah. Valley where entrepreneurs invest <laughs> in fellow entrepreneurs, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. which, yeah, I mean, it's a good model, but it, it's definitely, uh, if you're not in that network, it's very hard to sort of get exposed or even break into that. So um, now how much of your sort of angel investing experience and success would you attribute to um, sort of uh, your network versus your actual sort of process of evaluating companies, screening, uh, looking for key characteristics that might, uh, you know, prove to help their business model, um, you know, like a personal sort of investment process. Uh, I, I'm, I'm just curious uh, myself uh, and, to, you know, I mean, I spent a lot of time trying to refine my process and even that was not able to save me uh, some of the money that I, I squandered. So, Well, it's a little bit of both. So you end up saying no a lot. If you're, you know, if you know what you're doing in terms of the screening, mm. so I, I've said no literally thousands of times uh, over ten years, and uh, I've said yes maybe fifteen times. <laughs> so you have to have that deal flow. If you, you know, if you're only seeing a hundred deals, I, I wouldn't have done any deals because, uh, you know, you, so it is having at least some high quality flow in there. And I've said I've said no to some things that later on were quite successful, but right. you know, that's part for the course, I guess. Yeah, I think that, uh, that an important um, sort of mindset to have. And it's difficult when looking at early stage companies because a lot of people get excited about ideas and, and it's easy to sort of extrapolate out and think that, oh, this could be the next, you know, uh, you know world changing idea or, you know, X, Y, and Z um, disruptive technology. Uh, but it is, like you said, it's a numbers game and you have to go in with the mindset of, 
what could go wrong over what could go right because it's easy to, to to look at what could go right uh but um yeah i mean i guess if you get the deal flow and you are okay with saying no and and don't have sort of the fomo of oh i might miss out on on one or two of the next unicorns then you're probably going to have a better chance of success so um moving on then now that you're working uh, as a full-time vc uh how much of that sort of network and skill set do you does do you also use um and what's different about working now at a vc versus sort of just doing private angel investing certainly with the vc there's a lot more resources we can bring to bear so at, at click we've we've got some capabilities and data analysis we have a network of venture partners throughout the world um and we have a track record which helps you know with fundraising and so we have more funds available to uh diversify better uh, so from that perspective, it's quite a bit more flexible and, and you can draw in more resources to make better decisions, essentially. Right. Okay. Well, maybe, Chris, you could give us a little bit of background on Click Ventures itself. How was it started? You, you mentioned that uh, you and Carmen were doing a lot of angel investing together. So maybe you could give us a little background on the firm itself. Okay. Uh, Carmen originally started, uh, well, she's a successful entrepreneur, uh, has had a couple of good exits. Um, so she also started angel investing, uh, I think about seven years ago, um, and has had some success. So she started taking in other money from uh, some of her friends and family, and then eventually brought in uh, some corporate investors and some, some institutional money and raised a second fund and then a third fund. So I joined for the third fund. Um, so she's basically invested in about 30, 30 portfolio companies over the previous two funds. Got it. Okay. And uh, any sort of, uh, you know, I, I know that you guys are based in Asia, but you invest globally. I know a large portion of your portfolio is, is not sort of Asian-based companies, but more global. Um, what are what are some of the things that you look at? Any specific verticals, industries, uh, locations that um, that you specialize in? We're basically sector agnostic because we look for a very specific business model that conforms well with our expertise and with uh, some of the resources that we can bring in to actively help the portfolio companies develop. Uh, so we're especially strong uh, again in like data um, and data analytics, big data. Uh, we have data science skills that we can bring to, to bear. Uh, we have a lot of e-commerce experience, metrics, and understanding how to uh, promote things online. So when it, when it comes to sort of uh, uh, VC investing, and I think that's uh, from an entrepreneur standpoint, when there's business starts seeing some traction and some success, uh, and VCs start circling around uh, trying to get some investment dollars in there, um, you know, I think uh, who they partner up with is is also a very important consideration. You know, speaking with entrepreneurs, um, some VCs are notoriously known for uh, sort of uh, demanding board seats and coming in strong. And and basically, once um, they've filled around or or led around, uh, uh, rather, they 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 tend to uh, take over, so to speak. Um, and it, it's a fine balance, I think, because uh, a lot of these are actually the, the big brand name VCs. Um, and so an entrepreneur could somewhat feel intimidated. Uh, on the other hand, you know, other VCs or maybe private investors uh, simply write a check and that's it and their hands off. So where on that sort of spectrum do, do you and Click Ventures lie? Yeah, it's, it's quite situational. Um, 
We, of course, you know, I think a lot of VCs are generally relatively lazy. They just want to put their money in and hopefully, you know, and make sure it's a really great entrepreneur and just back that entrepreneur, be there, be available. If the entrepreneur needs something to, to make the introduction to a, a key client or to help to raise the next round or to, to but, but basically to let the entrepreneur run his business. Um, and we are kind of more on that side of the spectrum. Mm-hmm. We're there to, to help um, when we're needed. Uh, and it's also very situational depending on if there's a, uh, as problems arise and things like that, we may become a little more active. But uh, in, in general, uh, we're pretty flexible in how we work with, with the team. Right. And so if, if an entrepreneur were to ask uh, why Click Ventures, you know, I mean, if uh, let's say it's a really good entrepreneur with a really good idea and there's, uh, you know, the, there's a lineup of, of, of venture capitalists uh, so they could have their pick of the litter, so to speak. Um, you know, what, what value would, would Click bring to the table that might, they might not be able to get from, uh, you know, like a brand name, large, old, old school uh, Silicon Valley VC? So that's an excellent question. And actually, I would look for actually every founder we work with to ask that question. Like, why right. am I taking this money from this particular VC? Uh, so we, we, we strive to have a very good answer for that. We, uh, so our portfolio is based all around the world. Uh, it, it is somewhat weighted towards North America, but we also have uh, quite a bit in Europe and in Asia as well. Uh, and we're both based in Hong Kong in Asia, and we travel frequently throughout the region and throughout the world. Uh, so with that, we we have portfolio companies all over, and we also have venture partners all over uh, that can help uh, with market introduction, uh, with uh, advice about expansion into into various countries, geographies. Uh, we have a lot of resources uh, among uh, skill set, talent in in places like Estonia and 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 China and uh, and Philippines and different places in the world. So uh, because we're so active in so many regions, I think we help to bridge a lot of gaps, whereas you see a lot of U.S. VCs or, you know, there's the 300-mile rule for a lot of people that Mm -hmm. they don't really deal with stuff that they can't drive there in in a couple of hours. Uh, And then you have other kinds of VCs which are all over the place, but they're, you know very large and maybe don't have time to, to be active with the portfolio companies. We're, we're very much, I think, in a sweet spot where we have a lot of time, you know, we, we have time to, to work and, and to help. Uh, we have the connections. And again, we have some of these data science connections as well uh, in terms of resources. So Okay. Uh, and then as far as sort of um, uh, stage, uh, you know, you mentioned you're sort of industry sector agnostic, but as far as the stage, you, you guys normally come in pretty early. Um, do you, are you looking to lead the rounds or, or um, you know, how do you determine of uh, how much and, and which, which stage to, to get involved? Oh, so we will do seed to Series A, uh, and then individually, I think my partner and I, we both will do later stage as well, but really mm-hmm. the fund is focused on seed and Series A. Um, what we look for most is early traction. So we, we get excited about companies that uh, bootstrap or take a, a little bit of angel funding, and they build something, an MVP, uh, a minimum viable product that can attract eyeballs, can attract users, and start to show traction um, with relatively little investment. Something that generally sells itself or has uh, virality mm-hmm. that would uh, would suggest that if we put some money into this and we and we uh, look carefully at this traction, that we can drive traction rapidly, right. and drive rapid growth. Sure, that makes sense. Um, 
that that's interesting, uh, and I think that uh, for the founders listening to this, uh, there's a little uh, cheat 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 tip for you um, if you guys want to get in front of Click Ventures. Um, you know, make sure that you have some sort of traction and scale scalability um, that you can demonstrate. Uh, before you start trying to pitch uh, Chris here. <laughs> <laughs> it, it doesn't have to be revenue either. I mean, it can be, you know, users. There's a lot of different ways you can measure traction, but it's compelling to see some kind of hockey stick start to take shape uh, where and, and, and people continuing to use it. You know, somebody uses it, provides value enough that people keep coming back and they tell their friends and it's starting to, to grow. That's... You mentioned that your team there at Click is uh, is quite uh, global. Um, how how uh, how do you view the sort of venture par- partner model? Uh, how critical is that to sort of finding deal flow and providing follow on support to portfolio companies? Uh, and is that probably the the primary source of your deal flow, or is it uh, a combination of that and and sort of just inbound uh, you know uh, cold pitches? Well, we uh, so cold pitches are about half of what we look at. Um, venture partners are very useful in in uh, analyzing the deals and you know sussing out the market, uh, validating the the model, things like that. Uh, they did bring some deal flow. Uh, really, actually, it's our successful entrepreneurs bring our most uh, mm. most attractive deal flow. I would I would say. Got it. Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's an interesting model. Uh, if you find the right types of VPs, they can be very very. There could be almost be like the the secret sauce. Um, but then I've also heard of uh, people sort of bringing on VPs and and they just don't pre- provide that much value. And then um, yeah, so. I guess it's a hit or a miss, just like everything else. Um, and then finally, as far as sort of your diligence process, you know, I've I've heard uh, from entrepreneurs that are that are going into some large rounds um, that some of the larger VCs have a very 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 stringent uh, due diligence process, and and I'm talking like uh, you know pages and pages of uh, modeling and and literally all legal documents that that they could get on you, um, almost like a like an acquisition type uh, merger model or something like that, um, you know. And then I've I've also heard the other side of the spectrum, uh, just like everything else, where it's basically a couple meetings and bam, there's a check, right? So uh, again, where does Click uh, lie on this uh, this large spectrum? Uh, much more towards the latter. Um, we. <laughs> At the stage we play, it just doesn't make any sense to look at projections or models or you know even evaluations, things like that. Of course, we look at the size of the market, what's the potential, and what's the addressable market. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's just a you know, sanity check uh, to make sure we're playing in the right space. But uh, in, in terms of, and of course, the company has to be set up properly you know and, but we can advise on some of that and it doesn't it, it doesn't take a lot of uh legal due diligence or anything we just want a clean company mm-hmm. ideally set up within the last couple of years it doesn't have a lot of uh bad history in in it or anything like that um so that that's pretty quick although we're not uh, i've seen other vcs that are very scattershot they'll literally just invest in a mm-hmm. hundred thing you know like everything they see almost um we are very selective we look for traction again so it's it's more uh, a, a kind of market due diligence business due diligence and uh, looking at the traction probably do a little dd on the traction to make sure that it's real numbers uh and then that's what we base our decision on 
Got it. Got it. Um, well, thanks for giving us some insight on, on how you guys work there at Click. You know, and I hope this is useful to, uh, to some entrepreneurs that are hoping to, uh, to, to get themselves in front of uh, Chris or the team here. Um, as far as uh, maybe taking a, a, a step uh, up, uh, as far as sort of on the macro picture basis, um, you know, uh, right now it's an interesting time in markets, I think, uh, both public and private. I think valuations are are uh, a bit frothy and i think that um and most people uh in the investment world are would would tend to agree with that um you know what what you know but having said that there are a lot of there are a handful of sort of verticals that that are quite exciting and a lot of people are 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 excited about um one of them obviously is is asia and china and and uh, innovation and technological developments that are happening there that we see um, you know, right across the border here in Shenzhen um, and, and this sort of thing. So on a high level, Chris, what are some of the, the themes that, that excite you uh, for the next five to 10 years? And then also, you know, are, does the valuations right now, do that, does that worry you at all? Yeah, I'm extremely worried about the valuations. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't. I don't want to mention any names, but yeah, there, there's some uh, some of the very large uh, funds are really driving up the later stage valuations. I think way beyond sustainable levels, uh, and it, it bothers me a couple levels. It bothers me uh, when you look at the usual suspects, the Ubers, uh, mm-hmm. things like that. Um, I think those are too high, and then I. That's compounded by the, the the type of risk you see in a, in a market like China, and and right. so you look at Asian um, a, Asian companies value in a lot of growth, which may or may not actually come to pass, especially if we have a, a significant e- economic slowdown. So there's two layers <laughs> so of risk there that. Uh, and, and, of course, then by driving up the later stage valuations, they're also driving up the expectations in the earlier stage mm-hmm. where, where we play, uh, compressing the kind of uh, returns that we can, can get because we're, you know. Uh, so, I, I, yeah, I have a lot of concern about the music stopping relatively right. soon, I think, in, in that regard. But with that said, there's still a lot of really good deals out there mm-hmm. if you, you know, get the right company. Uh, this this easy money of just taking some idea from from the U.S. or from Europe and and taking it to Asia, I think that's there's some potential for that. But to make money on it with the kind of valuations we see in the early stage right now is not going to be sustainable. Mm. Uh, I think the valuations will come back down, then it'll start to make sense again. Right. Um, and and any sort of uh, verticals or. Th- thematics that that you are interested in or are excited about that you know that have a longer term trajectory than if say we see a correction in the market um on the valuation basis you know i mean are there any any that particularly excite you you mentioned shenzhen and actually that that leads to something that really excites me in general is just the the deeper tech stuff that's happening in in asia so there is a trend towards um more local innovation, the true innovation uh, in Asia. Um, globally, technology-wise, one thing that really excites me is voice. Um, mm. So I, I, the Amazon Echo type uh, voice, I think, is going to absolutely change the media landscape. It's going to, it's going to change us from uh, kind of random access, like we look at a computer screen and we, we can, as we're browsing, we can see ads and things mm-hmm. uh, in, in, in a certain way. When we go to voice... Everything's going to change. It's going to be a serial type interface, um, and 
when people are ordering things, there's going to be a very different marketplace established around which advertisers or which purchases are being promoted through that channel. So when I say buy detergent, who's going to own the detergent keyword um, that, you know, and what brands and how is that process going to work? Um, I, I think that the whole advertising model is, this is going to challenge a lot of, you know, a lot of models that, that currently exist. Mm. Uh, also very excited about, I, I think self-driving is interesting. Right. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I, I think I think the voice thing is 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 going to be interesting to see how it how it plays out. Um, it's definitely uh, going to be fully sort of integrated into every person's life at some point. Um, so it's just a matter of trying to find, uh, I guess, the right racehorses or, or jockeys or whatever it is um, that that are competing in that space uh, that will make it to the next level and uh, become one of the the one of the household names so to speak in, in within voice um, as far as uh, click ventures goes is there anything uh, I mean you said you're working on fund three right now how's that process going is there anything uh, in, in the near future that you're that you're working on or excited about that you'd like to share with uh, the audience well, we've actually just closed Fund Three, oh, okay. um, so wow, and nice. uh, and so we still have uh, quite a bit of capacity left in Fund Three. We're also starting Fund Four already. Uh, this will be in partnership with AngelList, a U.S. company. Oh, wow. So we're changing a nice. little different structure. This will be a U.S. Uh, entity, uh, whereas before we were Cayman mm-hmm. uh, Cayman companies, uh, Cayman funds. So yeah, we're very excited about that. We're still, you know, we haven't launched it quite yet but we're getting in the we're in the process of uh, uh getting ready to launch is there any specifics about your the partnership with angelus that you're allowed to talk about as far <laughs> as uh, uh it, it's it's still evolving okay. um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but essentially they're doing you know a lot of the back end stuff and okay. and we're we're still very much the uh the the main uh, advisor to the fund you know we're essentially doing doing the work um but yep. we're going to use them uh or work with them, but they're they're basically going to administrate the fund. Got it. Okay. Um, well, that's exciting. I mean, we'll definitely have that on the radar, uh, and 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 looking forward to uh, to seeing how that unfolds for you guys. Um, you know, to the end of this year and, and early next year. Um, before we look to wrap up, Chris, I I just wanted to ask uh, a couple final questions, and um, this goes more on the sort of uh, advice for entrepreneurs uh, and. Uh, also, advice for uh, maybe newbie VC investors or, or even angel investors. Um, so if you could give a piece of advice uh, to, uh, let's say, an investor, uh, one, and then two, an entrepreneur that wants funding from Click, <laughs> maybe you could uh, share, share a piece of advice for each side, if you, if you could. <laughs> well, actually, one piece of advice for both sides is to make sure the market's big enough. Um, one Got thing it. I see in Hong Kong, you know, it's especially founders in Hong Kong, um, or you know, VCs in Hong Kong looking at, at countries in Asia. Uh, make sure that the, the problem is big enough, the market's big enough, um, cause every business you start is, is going to be a lot of work. It's really, really hard. And, uh, it's the same amount of work to, to introduce a product into a, a much bigger market. Right. 
Um, that's a good one. You, you actually got both sides. <laughs> uh, as far as sort of network building um, and networking, as, you know, some people don't like using that word, but uh, it's a very necessary, important part of being an investor uh, and being an entrepreneur if you're looking to, to raise funds. Is uh, How active is Click Ventures in sort of, um, you know, being out there, being at conferences and this sort of thing? If, if an entrepreneur were trying to get a hold of you or, or land their pitch, pitch deck right on here on your desk, uh, which I'm sure you get hundreds of uh, every week. Um, what, what kind of advice could you give them there? Well, you're always welcome to address us directly and just send us you know, a, a pitch deck uh, directly, but it's always better to be introduced by somebody, a mm-hmm. mutual uh, friend. Um, those, are, those are the best ways, but we are very, very active in the conference circuit, both Carmen and I and, and Fred, are one of our analysts. Um, we speak frequently everywhere around the world. <laughs> everywhere we get invited, um, we, we go there and we, we you know, like to reach out and, and meet as many new entrepreneurs and, uh, or existing entrepreneurs as we can. The uh, problem with the conferences is you're often very busy. We're mm-hmm. often speaking, and you know, after the conference, you, you get swarmed with people, and, and the name <laughs> cards all kind of end up in a stack. And, That's right. Um, so it's important to follow up. If you do meet us at a conference and you, you, know, and you, want, you want some attention, uh, definitely follow up with some kind of uh, you know, email and send right. us your deck, basically. When's the next conference that you're speaking at? Uh, to the end of the I think year. Karma's at one now. Any, any uh, to the end of the year here in Hong Kong, or are you, are you probably on the road? Oh, we've got a. There's a startup event on on the third. I'll be speaking in the third. Actually. Okay, cool. Um, it, like Chris said, you know, it's always better to have a warm introduction. That goes for pretty much any any sort of uh, networking in, in in or entrepreneurship uh, type uh, introduction. So. Um, if you're an audience member, I'm going to give you a little hack. You can email me and then I can give us a warm intro to Chris. Um, well, Chris intro but, from you is worth twice as much. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> or, or maybe worth half as much. No, no, at least twice. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, well, Chris, thanks so much for uh, the time and for letting us uh, take a peek behind um, sort of the, the screen there, what you guys uh do there at Click Ventures. You know, obviously you've enjoyed a lot of success, and um, we're looking forward to hearing um, more about you and and Fund Four and and this sort of thing. Um, the last question I have for you is basically, what's the best place that people can find you, follow you, or or cold uh, pitch you at? <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I mean. Our website, uh, clickventures.vc. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can also send me an email directly at chris at clickventures.vc. Wow. There you go. Uh, the, the, you, <laughs> you, uh, I hope I didn't just blow up your inbox, but um, <laughs> that's all right. <laughs> yeah. Well, great. Thanks for uh, thanks for the time again, and uh, and look, we're wishing you the best of luck for your your current fund and your next fund. And um, yeah, it's always good to catch up with uh, with uh, with another fellow uh, Hong Kong uh, investor in the in the ecosystem. So thanks again, Chris. Great. Well, thank you very much, Jay. It was really a pleasure. All right. Appreciate it. Bye. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. All the show notes and links can be found over at jkimshow.com. Come back often and make sure you subscribe, rate, and review. Don't forget to join us next week for another exciting episode of The J. Kim Show. I'd love to hear your comments. You can find me on Twitter at jkimmer, J-A-Y-K-I-M-M-E-R. See you guys next week. 
This podcast is brought to you by Hack Your Fitness, the high achiever's guide to getting ripped in under three hours a week. If you're anything like me, you're probably working a full-time job or jobs and trying to find time to balance family life, social life, and last but not least, fitness. Look, I get it. I'm a full-time investor and entrepreneur myself and father of two. So how am I able to stay fit year-round without spending hours and hours in the gym killing myself on the cardio machine? After struggling for the last 15 years trying every workout and diet under the sun, I finally designed a system that allows me to achieve and maintain single-digit body fat for life in under three hours a week. Cardio not required. Head on over to hackyour.fitness and download my free 13-page guide that teaches you the simple science behind efficient fitness and smart nutrition and gives you everything you need to know to finally take control of your life. That's hackyour.fitness.